What did Mike Tomlin say about the safety position at the NFL owners meetings? Something about Patrick Peterson? We'll get into what was actually said and what the Steelers' real plans at the safety position are. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here at the Locked On Steelers podcast, joined today by Alan Saunders, who's in Arizona right now, representing SteelersNow.com. It's going to be a fun episode, all that, and the Lamar Jackson stuff. It's going to be fun. Listen in. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app, but especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes on your Pittsburgh Steelers. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we are your team every day. And I want to give a quick shout out. Before we intro you, Alan, I got to give a quick shout out to a special Steelers fan that I'm told is the biggest Steelers fan in the entire country of Canada, our guy Dave Hill from Maple Ridge, British Columbia. Shout out to you, David. Happy birthday, Tuesday, March 28th. Hope you have a big, big day. Uh, got some of your friends that was telling me a lot of good things about you. Hope that you have a great day and that you get to hear this message. Uh, but we're going to give you a hopefully a good Steelers show right here. And Alan, as you see, if you're watching on YouTube, he's got the palm trees, the blue skies. He's in a polo sitting outside chilling. Alan, you must be you must be miserable right now. I am not in British Columbia. That is uh, <laughs> the opposite of that. Uh, it's it's uh, here at the NFL owners meetings uh, in Phoenix, and yeah, you know, gotta get some some vitamin D going. It's nice out here, man. He gonna come back with a straight up tan, looking like me and stuff. Uh, coming back, coming back to Pittsburgh. But let's uh, let's get into some of the big things that was talked about. Now, Mike Tomlin, uh, of course, you know, owners meetings. This is the chance for you as all the media to get to talk with him and. You know, a less he's not as much he's he has a microphone and a table in front of him, but it's less podium, less separated. You guys are a little bit closer to him. And he talked about the Steelers safety situation. Of course, we know about Terrell Edmonds, gone to free agency, signed with the Eagles for a very minimal contract, a contract that I thought would have made sense to sign him with the Steelers, but that's neither here nor there. They have brought back DeMonte KZ. Of course, Minka Fitzpatrick is still signed there. Um, but he had some interesting things to say. He said both the pools of free agency and the NFL draft are open. And then he also mentioned the flexibility of one Patrick Peterson. And now people are scrambling all over social media. Is Patrick Peterson really about to play safety? What's happening here? Alan, let's bring this into perspective. What was he referring to when we was talking about Patrick Peterson? Yeah, I, mean, I think some of that is is interesting. Look, like, I think it's pretty clear that Demonte Casey is going to play a lot of safety, right? I mean, like they yeah. signed him to a two-year deal. They identified him early in the process as a guy they wanted to resign. He's going to play a lot. Um, I think what Tomlin's getting at when he's talking about Patrick Peterson's versatility is the ability to do different things with Minka Fitzpatrick, right? Like if you look at the safety position as part of the system in the secondary, and you have a guy, Minka Fitzpatrick, who's one of the most versatile players in the entire Steelers defense, if you want to be able to do 
different and interesting stuff with Mink. If you want to have him be a robber or, you know, have him double cover somebody that you think is a target on third down or in goal line situations, if you want to blitz with them, if you want just make quarterbacks be aware. Part of the problem that the Steelers have in trying to just replace Terrell Edmonds is that Terrell Edmonds is a really versatile guy. He did a lot of different and, and, and unique things. And it's probably not just going to be one person that's going to replace him. I think Casey's going to do a lot of it, especially if you're doing like two field safety stuff. If it's like reading and reacting to what Minka is doing or trying to, you know, make a calling an audible in the middle of the play and say, Hey, I'm going to go over there. I think Patrick Peterson's above the neck ability really will come into play. Uh, in, in that standpoint, but I do think they still are missing one piece of that. And it's that guy that can be the eighth man in the box. When you go play a team that is just determined to run the ball for those Baltimore games, those Cleveland games, somebody that can go stick their nose in there, you know, battle with a guard occasionally and really be an impact player in the running game from the defensive pack position. I think that's the one thing they really don't have. And so I'm not sure they need a starter, but they just certainly need a contributor uh, when it comes to safety either between free agency or the draft. It's a good thing they don't need a starter because the market is gone, right? Rappel's the last yeah. guy that I think is really um, a, a big player uh, that's free agent-wise. The, the draft class is okay, but it's thin. There's just not a lot of guys there. So, I mean, I don't expect like this big splash signing that's, oh, here's the Terrell Edmonds replacement. I think it's going to be KZ, some guys like Peterson, um, and, and we'll see maybe one more piece. I think that could be – Really interesting for the Steelers if you're looking at the the pieces that they could add. You all at SteelersNow.com put out a list uh, after Edmonds was was clear not to be coming back, saying the three guys that were there were Taylor Rapp, Adrian Amos, and John Johnson the third. Taylor Rapp on on Monday was signed to a deal. Uh, hmm, I, I believe it was the Broncos. I forget who signed Bills. Um, Buffalo. The Bills. Bills. Thank you. Yeah, the Bills. So he's off the board, and he would fit that bill of a guy that was more of a tackler than less of a cover man, uh, a guy that can fit up in the box. But is that a priority for the Steelers? Like, you know, obviously Mike Tomlin's saying they're going to sign someone, but like, is that something that you see as like a, more of like a, a just a one year free agent type of deal, or is that someone that they draft this year that we could be looking at and like, you know, either on day two or or any day of, of the NFL draft, like before the seventh round? I think it depends on the player, right? I mean, like, look, the free agent class is picked over. I can't imagine signing anybody that left to a, to a long term deal. Now the draft, like, hey, hey, maybe the answer is Trenton Simpson, right? Like, maybe you know, Ooh. like that. I mean, listed at linebacker, but go compare his physical traits to Terrell Edmonds. Yeah. Really, not that different, right? Okay, mm. I mean, so like, you know, the two guys they signed to be linebackers to me are run stopping guys, run first guys. They don't really have a guy that's like a coverage down linebacker. Um, so maybe look, Trenton Simpson could be a guy that could fill both of those roles. He could be a coverage down linebacker. He could be a rundown in the box safety. Um, and, and we saw them last year do some things with three inside linebackers on the field at the same time. It really wouldn't be that different, uh, except you're just playing one that happens to run like ridiculously fast for a linebacker as one of those three guys. And so um, maybe that's the option. I just I'm not in love with the safety class. Brian Branch is not really what I would call an in the box guy. He's probably the best safety. Jair Brown from Penn State, another guy who's, who's highly rated in the safety class. Uh, you know, not not like a Terrell Edmonds, right? Like those those guys. Yeah. You know, as the sort of cover two has become the predominant defense of the land over the last few years, and most of the teams that aren't running cover two are running some kind of quarters. Like that kind of box safety is sort of a dying breed, and so I, I'm not sure that the Steelers are just going to be able to pull one off the grocery store shelf. They might have to make their own. Um, so we'll see what happens. I want to talk more about options there in the secondary because. 
to me, this there's been some people that's saying, oh, yeah, it's just Brian Branch. But like you say, Brian Branch is not your traditional, just strong safety. He plays a lot of slot coverage. He'd be guys you'd flex around a little bit, and he'd give you some really interesting range as a defensive back. But as far as the needs that this, this Steelers roster needs right now to be ready for opening day in September, that's that, I think there, there is some work there to do. We'll talk about that and other guys, the NFL draft, a little bit more, as well as the Lamar Jackson situation that continues to build up for the Ravens right now. But before we do any of that, first, we got, we'd love to talk to you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel, of course, America's number one sports book that you got to get on right now. If you're not, you're missing out. But if you haven't yet, here's your opportunity to get a, a, a big chance to win with their no sweat first bet that gets you up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. That's right. If you sign up for, for FanDuel Sportsbook right now, you have the no sweat first bet available uh, op- option available to you right away. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to how many three-pointers get drained. FanDuel lets you p- make player prop bets and gives you so many options, including bigger payouts with same-game parlays that'll help you make a lot of money really quickly. So don't miss out on the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. You can you can cash in on NBA games or, of course, March Madness as we approach the Final Four. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, love to talk more here, though, about the safety position. There's other guys out there that you could look at at safety and say, okay, this could be an interesting fit for the Steelers. But safety was also, I don't know about you, there were there were a lot of positions the Steelers needed to address this offseason, especially in this NFL draft. You know, defensive line, cornerback. Offensive line, linebacker, edge rusher, lot. I mean, wide receiver. Even I, you know, I think that you even pointed out. You know, even though they signed Zach Gentry, tight end shouldn't be off the board for for, for the Steelers. There, I, I, you, you look at that, and now if you add safety to the mix, that continues to complicate all the needs that the Steelers Steelers have right now. And looking at safeties, like you said, Brian Branch, more of like the slot the slot guy who's going to help and can bump, bump bump around a bit but not necessarily your traditional strong safety if you wanted a, a strong safety maybe that guy would be antonio johnson a guy who measured in at 62 198 you know isn't super fast but has the size to challenge tight ends um like like you like you said jair brown's an option jordan battle the other alabama safety i think he'd be closer to a traditional strong safety role um there are guys like that that can kind of fit that profile this year but again, the question is, when do you make that investment if you're the Steelers when, again, you have so many other priorities right now? Yeah, I don't think it can be early. And I don't think the market value of the position of especially like a box safety is high enough that it, w- it should be early. Right. Like th- These are right. like I was saying, like this is a position that's being de-emphasized around. Really, it's like getting a nose tackle. Like the Steelers also really need a nose tackle. Uh, they'll figure it out. Like I'm not putting that in um, consideration for, you know, a, a first or a second round pick. Uh, positions sort of equal right now, especially with what the Steelers have been able to put around that person in the secondary with KZ Peterson 
Fitzpatrick. You know, this is not a position that's going to be relied on for a lot of coverage. They need a guy who is a defensive back that can that can tackle, maybe run with some tight ends, some bigger tight ends. Um, that's really the job. And so it's not a full-time position. It's it's a part-time role, it's, you know, and so uh, I think the league is devaluing them and they're around. Like a guy like Jordan Battle, even if you look at it, like Terrell Edmonds is like his like official listed weight is like 216, 218, somewhere in there. If you look through the safety class, like there isn't a guy over 210. Like yeah. th- this, and most of them are like, 190 um there just aren't that many terrell edmonds in the world and so i think it'll probably be jordan battles a really good fit for that he's probably more like a third or a fourth round pick um you know but there aren't very many of those um and ronnie hickman from ohio state they were at his Mm. pro day um he's another guy that i think could be in that that makes he's still a little bit smaller but he hits hard um you know i i just i'm not sure that uh, that there's an obvious like plug and play option. Like I said, I think they may have to Shamari Connor from Virginia Tech, uh, another like later round guy. And hey, I'll throw Brandon Hill from Pitt had a really good pro day. Um, I think he's a strong well, safety. He did the, uh, combine, right? I'm sorry, combine. Yeah, and his pro day is coming up. And uh, hard hitter. I don't know. Like I just think they probably need to find a guy with some length and and that, that isn't currently that size that they think like. Okay, we can throw 15 pounds on this guy and turn him into the player we need him to be, or, um, or, or the opposite, right? Find a linebacker that you think can cover well enough that can do that job. Uh, you know, I, I think they need to find some kind of hybrid, and I'm not sure there's like an easy answer. No, I agree. It, it's going to take some work there. I, I think the linebacker idea is very intriguing, like a Trenton Simpson, who is 6'2, 235, and runs a 4.43 40 yard dash. Because, like Brandon Hill, you're right. The explosiveness, the change of direction, the, the flat out speed, he's the, he's the fastest safety that tested at the combine. You and I watched him at Pitt. He does bring it. He does bring it to be physical, but he's also 5'10. And I don't know about you. I was I was just scrolling through Twitter the other day, and someone was reposting the highlights when Rob Gronkowski was just mossing Sean Davis and then pointing and laughing him in the end zone. I'm like, that's why the Steelers don't want to be anymore. That's why they got Terrell Edmonds so that he could help them with bigger tight ends in limiting them and, and being able to say, hey, one on one, go take away Mark Andrews and. Terrell Edmonds did a decent job at that. He wasn't like, again, he's not a pro bowler, but he was really good at, at you know what, I'm going to line up here and I'm not going to intercept the ball, but if you try to fit the ball in here, there's a good chance that I'm going to break it up or make it just a really tight window that's going to have to be a really good pass to get in here. The Steelers do need a presence like that, and I do think that it could be interesting to see some of these guys that, that, could, that could move around be, be interesting you know a guy that i'd be interested to see how he tests at his pro day i'm not sure if arkansas has had theirs but drew sanders a six foot four linebacker who's out there um you know jack campbell he ran his fourth point six five not a faster option like a safety but a size that you know maybe he could help if he's if he can show the kind of coverage skills that he did at iowa so there's a lot of different ways to address this this situation but like you said they don't there's different ways, but not as many options to get to those different ways because, as you and I have talked about, this is not the best linebacker class in the NFL draft. This safety class isn't exactly the deepest. And like you said, the, the free agency safe, safety class has been picked through already. This is kind of a tough situation to think the Steelers are in if they want to get this specific role unless they want to change up what that traditional safety third safety role is in their defense. Yeah, Owen Papo from Auburn is another linebacker that ran ridiculously fast. Mm. He is 225, 
and ran a four three nine. Oh, geez, I that's, just saw his numbers. Yeah, what the heck? Yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's basically 225, a right? sub like four that. four is a lot. That's ridiculous. Right, I don't know what what did Terrell run. I'd be really interested. What what did Terrell run in his One forty second. time coming out? Um, because I bet it wasn't that. Hold on, pulling it four, up four, now. Seven. See your your computer. Yeah, four, 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 seven. Wow. So uh, yeah, so big, so ten pounds bigger and faster. Like I just think that's the way. Like those athletes, if you were, to, if Terrell Edmonds was coming out of high school right now, he'd be a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, I, think, I agree. I think that's that's the way the league is going. Is that strong safeties are free safeties, free safeties are corners, and strong safeties are linebackers. And so I think if the Steelers are looking to fill that need. I think in the draft, I think you should be looking at the linebacker, the people that are listed as linebackers in the yeah. draft, more so than the people that are listed yeah. at strong safety. Man, that's going to be an interest. That's an interesting take there to look at linebacker position to address this need right now, and still they'll still get another safety for their rotation. Like because again, they right now they just have two official starters. I like Josh, uh, John Johnson from the Browns. I think he's a good versatile guy. He can play two or three mm-hmm. positions. He. You know, doesn't seem to be that expensive. Knows the division. Like he could is a guy that could cover some tight ends for you. Like I think that's still a pretty uh, a pretty easy and attractive option for them if they want to grab somebody on a one year deal. But I wouldn't prevent that from from drafting a player at the position either. Right. Exactly. And I think the Steelers have kind of made that clear that they're going to address a lot of their weaknesses on this team. They're going to try to make it so that they're not they're not desperate for a position. In this in in this in this NFL draft class, but you know, like like you said with tight end, they signed they they signed back Zach Gentry, which means they have Firemuth Gentry and and Connor Hayward. But that doesn't mean that they're just gonna avoid tight end altogether. I think that that's where uh, you could you could find them with a lot of positions, and that includes safety right now. Even if they were to sign another guy to that spot, I also think corner. You know, still still in the in the in the, of course the conversation there. Yeah, um, I think the know, only Patrick position Peter, that. The, like what they've done so far in free agency makes me take it off their draft board as guard. That's the mm-hmm. only one. Like they legitimately have too many guards already. Yes. Like they're probably not going to draft another one. That's it. Like everything else, I feel like nothing's really changed. No, I agree. I think yeah, you're right. Guard is the one position. Center's still open though. Uh, actually, I get your quick thought on that. Is center still a sneaky pick for like like one of those day two picks that they could throw in there? Yeah, absolutely. They just hosted John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota on a, a top 30 visit, and I think he's an awesome player and probably the top center in the draft. Um, I think center late is interesting, too, just because, you know, like that, that's a position where you need to have depth. They haven't really had a developmental guy at that position in a long time. Somebody like Juice Scruggs from Penn State is starting to get a little buzz. I could mm-hmm. see him being one of those seventh-round picks um, if he falls that far. Uh, for the Steelers just because that you know I don't think they're going to bring JC Hassenauer back and while they have a lot of guys that can play center I think uh, they have not really developed their own center um, in, in a long time and that's that's an attractive option to have a backup that you can have for cheap right I mean I think you draft a seventh round pick and you put him on the roster as an everyday backup and um, you know you get to pay him the very minimum you can pay anybody that's that's a big bonus so I yeah I think center is definitely an option early or late I think that that would be interesting. It's all you know. You go back throughout Steelers history; all their best teams had a really good center. You think back. You think back to it. It's except 2008. You know, I think that's like the one the one exception. Um, 
you know, as far as like having a really good center, but Jeff Harding's with 2005, of course, Mike. Yeah, was, was Justin Hartwig was that, that center that year. Yeah. And that's really it. I mean, honestly, like there's only been like three years in the last about 20 where they didn't have a pro bowl caliber player, maybe yeah. f- forget 20 since, since the, since the seventies, really yeah, there's only been about three awesome. years where they didn't have a pro bowl caliber player playing center. Um, so even though I think Mason Cole is okay, and I'm interested to see how he can do, if he can be better after that foot injury that we talked about, um, I, I would not eliminate center uh, from their list of, of potential draft picks at all, especially if they get a guy like Schmitz in the second round, who I think is a potential Pro Bowl guy. Yeah, I, I'm right with you. You can add Pro Bowl guys to this offensive line, go get them, yeah, even if they're not necessarily offensive tackle. But Another AFC North team is going through it. While Mike Tomlin was there answering questions and seemingly having a good time with you guys, there was another AFC North coach, John Harbaugh, who had a lot of people flocking to his table to ask questions about what his quarterback was tweeting out on the Twitters. We're going to discuss what's going on there and get Alan's insight on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens just a minute here. But first, before we do any of that, love to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at Built Bar. Of course, Built Bar, you know, is the number one protein bar in America. You got to go get it right now. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in all these different flavors, but they still only pack in 130 calories while giving you 17 grams of protein. How do they do it? We don't know. They just taste awesome. But if you have a favorite Built Bar, you have a chance to vote on them at BuiltMarchMadness.com. That's right. They've constructed a bracket that they're going round by round, picking their favorite flavors. And if you want to get in on the contest, you have a chance. If you vote, you're going to be eligible for a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will win a free box of Built delivered right to the door. Not only that, one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. And you got to try them because Built Bar has so many delicious flavors right now. Personally, I've been voting for double chocolate. That was my favorite. You need to get in there and vote for your favorite as well. So get in there. Try Built, the best protein bar ever. That's what's awesome about them is that they're healthy for you and they taste amazing. So again, go to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite Built Bar or Built Puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick at BuiltMarchMadness.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, let's talk. Let's step away from the Steelers a little bit and talk about the the stuff that's going on with the Ravens. Now, John Harbaugh woke up this morning probably thinking he was just going to answer some good old questions about the Ravens, and then Lamar Jackson comes out and tweets that, "Hey guys, love you Ravens fans, but I requested a trade on March 2nd. and immediately everyone went back and said, "Wow, they franchise tagged him on March seventh." So there's a little bit of drama going on there. And of course, John Harbaugh trying to put out the fires like, hey, you know what? We love Lamar. We'll deal with what the conversations are going on after the fact. But, Alan, this is now kind of put even more uh, awkward, awkward settings into this into this conversation that's ongoing about Lamar Jackson. Why can't, why don't a lot of teams want him? Is it the guaranteed contract? Is it, he doesn't have an agent, all this. And now he's publicized that he has told the Ravens to trade him or ask for a trade. What is, what is your outlook on how this situation has played out? And does this end up with Lamar Jackson staying with the Ravens, considering we haven't heard any offers or anything like that so far? So, uh, Yesterday we talked to Mike Tomlin and uh, okay. somebody commented that he was in a good mood or something like something along those lines. And he said, 
how could you be in a bad mood? Uh, everybody's undefeated, and nobody's going to lose a game for eight months or whatever. And uh, <laughs> it's uh, you, if you look behind me, it's 70 <laughs> degrees. Uh, it's pretty much perfect here. Uh, John Harbaugh had a really bad day, despite all that. In fact, I can't imagine anybody having a worse day than John Harbaugh had today. He was sitting at the table talking to Mike Tomlin. I could just see, like, the, the whole AFC North was in tables sort of laid out in front of me. And there was just, like, eight people around Kevin Stefanski, four people around Zach Taylor, 88 people climbing on step ladders and on top of people's backs to, to hoard around John Harbaugh to get his – I mean, and the tweet comes out, like, minutes before – Yep. He's talking to the media. I think actually after he had started talking to the media, so he probably didn't even know what Lamar had been tweeting. Uh, a bad day for John Harbaugh, bad day for the Ravens. Uh, obviously, if he had already asked for this trade, then they kind of knew, right, that he wanted out. Um, I don't know that him going public with that request changes anything from their standpoint. I think the Ravens' stance has been that they want to have Lamar Jackson and they would like to work out a fair deal to keep him. Um, I think this is a response by Lamar in, to the lack of interest, right, that nobody around the yeah. league is is seemingly wanting to sign him. And so this is a way that uh, he's trying to make it very clear that he's open to going somewhere else and that this this is not just an elaborate project by the Ravens to get some other team to negotiate their contract with Lamar for them, right? I think that is a legitimate fear that NFL teams have had, that they just say, if we if we agree to a, a ridiculous contract, then we'll have Lamar Jackson will have overpaid for him. If we agree to a non-ridiculous contract, the Ravens are just going to match it and we wasted our time and angered our own quarterback. Remember what happened with the Browns and, and Baker Mayfield Baker last Mayfield, year? Yeah. Yeah, so you know, I think there's a lot of trepidation for teams to be involved in this process, and I think Lamar not having an agent makes it worse because, you know, I don't know that the teams could trust that things are going to stay quiet. They don't want there to be leaks if they have a quarterback on the team. You know, this is delicate stuff, and uh, I think not having an agent makes it that much more difficult. As far as what's going to happen, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody does. Uh, they can't trade him unless he signs the tender, but if they do that, uh, it'd be worth, I mean, you would have to think it'd be worth more than what Deshaun Watson was worth. Um, because he's been playing, you know, he doesn't have yeah. the off the field stuff that, that, you know, he's, he's so man, I don't know. I, I don't see any team, um, beating down the door to me, his contract demands right now. Um, maybe that'll change. It only takes one, but. I'm still of the opinion I think it's more likely than not he ends up staying with the Ravens. I'm kind of with you here because, like, again, with the with the non-exclusive with the non, with the non uh, exclusive tag, you know, the requirements that would have to become if another team signed him away, then a trade, the trade option, there's so much that would have to happen there. And I'm not sure if any team, like you said, wants to deal with that. Though, uh, granted, he is a, a former NFL MVP. He has really good numbers. He's put in a lot of great production. Yes, he's had some injury concerns and some, you know, hasn't been available as much as people want over the past couple seasons. But he has a very good track record as far as playing. And he's been on a team that, really hasn't given him that much to work with weapon-wise. And he's kind of made that work. And, you know, I, I always point this out. I think he extended Harbaugh's career in Baltimore. If he doesn't come on when he did in 2018, 
Harbaugh, it was, it was public that mutually Harbaugh and the Ravens were cool with parting ways at the, end, at the end of that season. And then all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson comes in and gets him to the playoffs. And, and, and there was like, wait a second, there's something here. And then the next year, he wins MVP. And there's always like, okay, the Ravens are back in it. But now you have this situation. And I agree with you. I can see that the Ravens, like the, them, them trying to find a way to keep him because that is their best option right now. I mean, if they if they if they were to trade him away, they need to get in the quarterback market fast. Uh, that means they need to try to trade up and probably get one of these top quarterbacks in this in this draft class, or find another way to trade for another quarterback. There'd be a lot of things they'd have to do, and they'd have to switch up how they've been operating their offense uh, in t- entirely. So there's a there'd be a lot of things to have to get done there. But then here's the here's the counter perspective here, Allen. Let's say he does stick around, and the whole team knows that he requested a trade and that there's some bad blood with management. How does this work out for the Ravens? You know, Marlon Humphrey and Tony Jefferson, a former a former uh, defensive back for the Ravens, were going at it on Twitter because Tony Jefferson was like, he don't want to stay there. And, and Marlon Humphrey was like, dude, screw you. Like, why are you putting – why are you adding in here? You're, you used to be one of us. And to me, I think that there's some serious concerns there as far as, like, locker room dynamic because even at the end of the season this past year when the Ravens were when it was kind of ambiguous whether or not Lamar Jackson was available and then there were Raven players themselves saying no he's in a boot he's barely walking around the facility right now he cannot play this is not on Lamar Jackson there was some division there and I just think for a team that is that that, that has been on the verge of being a real contender and having a chance to make a serious push all these things are not helping them solidify their foundation. Here's what I think is the best solution for everyone. Now, I don't know if they're going to agree with me. If they do, then maybe I should just be Lamar's agent and get 10%. Um, there you go. Here's what I think is the best deal for everyone. The Ravens should sign him to a one-year contract. They should fully mm. guarantee it up front. It should be for more than the non-exclusive franchise tag, and they should include in that contract that they will not tag him again. And I think then Lamar can hit the hit free agency the following year with every team fully aware that he will be available coming into the process um, and the ability for him to truly test the market without any restrictions if that's what he wants to do. Um, right now, there are, you know, the, there's the tag. There's the, the Ravens' ability to match. There, there's all this stuff out there that is keeping him from really getting a sense of what other teams think of his value as a player. That would not be the case if he was on an expiring contract that everyone knew the Ravens could not tag him. So I think that's the most fair and best solution for everyone. Of course, the Ravens would then have a chance. Hey, maybe they go out and have a really special year and they want to re-sign him. Maybe they want to meet the deal. Um, or, or maybe he you know, comes to a sense about what is a realistic contract and, and signs what they want. But I think that is the the best scenario for everyone. Look, I mean, like the Jets came out and said, like, hey, we're, we're focused on Aaron Rodgers. We don't want to involve ourselves in this conversation. What right. team out there right now is like, we're a Lamar Jackson away from winning that wants to do this? I'm just not sure there is one. I think that's why him going back to Baltimore is probably the best situation for everyone. But we'll see. We will see, and I do think it'll be interesting how this impacts the the layout of the AFC North. You have the Bengals who have won it for two straight years. They're going to have significant changes, though both their starting safeties are gone who were part of a defense that was a big reason why they've had success this the last couple of years. Then, and then you have the Ravens in their situation right now. Who knows how that's going to play out? The Browns with Deshaun Watson, they didn't have a strong year this past year. How will that continue to, to play out? And you have the Steelers who are building right now, trying to get pieces around Kenny Pickett while also keeping their defense as one of the better 
groups in the NFL. Lots to be said there, lots to be done, lots of shakeups, I think, still coming in this AFC North as the NFL draft gets closer. We're under 30 days now as far as NFL draft days. And if it's not Lamar Jackson, like it's Tyler Huntley. There isn't anybody else out there. I mean, who's the best? Talk about safety being picked over, quarterback, like Teddy Bridgewater, I guess, like that, like. Flacco? <laughs> God, would that be hilarious? That um, would be. There's really nobody funny. out there. So, so I, you know, I, th- you know, not that Tyler Huntley had a horrible year. He somehow made his way into the Pro Bowl, but I think the dynamic of the division, if Lamar Jackson is not in Baltimore, is very, very different. You know that he it, is a a large part of the the reason that team is is dangerous. Exactly, and if you take him out of the equation there. I think you put the Ravens in a really rough spot. But we'll see how that we see how this does play out. There's still lots of time for this stuff to happen and to see if any team does get jumpy because who knows, maybe there's a team out there that they go through the NFL draft and the quarterback that they wanted didn't fall to them. And maybe they get jumpy and they say, hey, we want to get a quarterback this year. And they make that move. But I'm with you. I think the move is probably what's going to happen is the Ravens, this this thing quiets down. They keep Lamar Jackson. Every Both sides try to play nice for a year, and then we, we reevaluate and see how this is looking next season when probably he hits free agency uh, or something else occurs there. But we'll keep you up to date all the st- on all the Steelers' use and how this continues to impact them. NFL owners' meetings continue. Uh, Alan, let people know they can find out all the ways that you guys are covering them when, while you're out in Phoenix. Yes, SteelersNow.com, all my stuff on Twitter, at Saunders underscore PGH. But check out the website and at PGH Steelers Now on Twitter. Uh, that's where I'm trying to put most of the stuff because it's only a handful of us out here. So I don't want to give it away. you gotta, you got to click the website to get all the info and uh, spend all this money to fly me to Arizona. So let's make it worth it. There you go. Check out SteelersNow.com. They're doing a, gr- a great job there. Alan, thanks so much for joining us here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Thank you all for checking in. Also, again, a birthday shout-out to our man Dave Hill, the number one Steelers fan in Canada. Thanks, everyone, for checking out the show, Locked On Steelers. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work on Pit Athletics at post-gazette.com. You can also get this show on your favorite podcasting platform as well as on YouTube. Like this video if you saw it on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as your bonus content we thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day thanks again we're back tomorrow with mark caboli of the athletic he's also out there in arizona right now we'll get more perspective of what's being said at the nfl owners meetings and from mike tomlin and everyone else with the pittsburgh steelers stay tuned right here on locked on steelers for all your steelers information 